The proud parents of uh, three kids. We've got uh, two girls, Belinda, Akira, and uh, Darren, who we're fostering at the moment. We're uh, small group team leaders at SBC, and we've been coming to SBC since January 2019. Uh, well, I grew up in Geelong um, and uh, lived there all my life until I left uh, at the end of high school. Uh, I grew up in what I'd say is a stable household. Uh, mother and father, they really loved uh, my sister and I very much, and um, we did go to church um, for a, especially in my earlier uh, childhood uh, sort of time frame. Uh, but towards the latter sort of teenage years, that sort of dropped off. Mum was an elder in the church. Dad never actually attended. Um, I, I guess like most teenage boys, I was looking for a role model. And, um, you know, with Dad not attending church, it wasn't something that was high on my priority list. And so, yeah, I, I guess I dropped out of out of church there. I never really had a relationship with Jesus um, throughout that entire time. So then I left um, home, I joined the Air Force and uh, went to Canberra at the Pence Academy. Uh, that was a very interesting transition. Lots of changes away from home, a uh, very different environment with the military. Uh, I got, got through, you know, three years of that. Towards the end of that um, third year, I uh, had a fairly life-changing uh, moment where um, one of my course mates um, took her off uh, and, you know, it affected everyone differently. Um, but for me, it, it got me questioning the meaning of life and what was going on with us, you know, when we die. Uh, and so that sort of stuck with me for a little while, uh, but nothing really happened at that point. And then I went to pilot's course after the academy. Uh, during that time, um, you know, I struggled a little bit um, in the sense that I never really felt like I felt, uh, fitted in. Um, it was a very much a work hard, party hard type uh, culture. And, you know, I guess I tried it for a little while. Just the shoe never fit uh, quite well. I was, I guess I was searching. There was a course mate of mine who um, had over a couple of weekends had come on a Sunday night, all smiling, all happy. And I'm like, what on earth is wrong with this guy? Uh, so we talked about uh, things and I found out he'd uh, going to church. So I actually went with him uh, one night to one of their services. Um, but in a funny sort of way, he didn't really want me coming to his church, which is a bit of a strange thing to say, but I understand why. It was sort of his outlet. So, but... What it did do for me was it prompted um, a bit of a, a talk with my mum at the time who said, your sister's going to this church. Back in those days, we didn't have Google, so I let my fingers do the, the walking through the phone book, found a Baptist church, and it went along. Ultimately, what happened was I was loved to the church. The, the youth group leader at the time uh, sort of came, sat with me, talked with me. I then became very engaged with the church. And so for, for me, that's kind of where my real relationship with Jesus sort of started um, and you know it wasn't a logical or fancy argument that got me into um, attending church it was the love of the church really that, that did it so yeah and um, so I grew up in a Christian home um, all my grandparents were Christians just about all my aunts and uncles and cousins and everyone. Um, very, very blessed. The church that I grew up in, though, were excellent at teaching the facts of the Bible. 
So you ask me any questions, you know, like the longest book of the Bible, the shortest, the, you know, who, who David was, who anyone was. Like I knew all the, all the facts about the Bible. Um, but it wasn't until year 11 we changed churches and joined a um, young adults Bible study group. And each week they'd go around the circle and um, say, so what have you been reading this week? What's God been teaching you this week? And I was like, uh, what? I hadn't experienced that relationship level um, of Christianity. Um, so that was a big difference for me. All of a sudden I was like, oh, this isn't just about what my mum and dad are teaching me and telling me and I've got to actually put some effort in and, yeah, what's God teaching me, not my parents. Um, so, yeah, that awesome group of young adults hanging out with, learning lots from them, that's where I really developed a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah, so after pilot's course, um, I got posted to Richmond uh, to fly the C-130 Hercules, uh, which I loved. I started on the E-model, which was um, had a lot of crew in the aircraft. So there was two pilots, a flight engineer, a navigator, loadmaster. Uh, so when you went away, there was a bunch of people. But, um, you know, the, the culture of the Air Force was still very uh, difficult uh, for me to sort of assimilate to. The thing that I remember through all of those difficult times, because there were times where it was very lonely, and I struggled with, with a lot of those type of cultural things with the Air Force, but God provided throughout all. So, you know, I found there was a flight engineer at the squadron who was a, you know, a Christian who came from a missionary background. And then eventually I met, who was my best mate um, at Herks. And, um, you know, we ended up being able to really connect and, and there was that support there. So all throughout, you know, that, that period, uh, God was providing um, by you know, giving me people that I could talk to and, and lean on for advice. And obviously from a church perspective, you know, um, one of the first things I did when I was posted was get myself into church. Like, and they actually did have quite a strong sort of young adult type um, gathering there. I guess there, there was probably at least, you know, a, a dozen of us. Uh, and that was really important to me because that became my social structure. Um you know, I, I didn't want to move into town in, in the middle of Sydney, which is what a lot of my colleagues were doing, because that's where the chicks were and that's where you, you went to have the nightlife. I actually stayed out in the western suburbs of Sydney um, and, you know, really got myself involved with the church. When, um, when we changed churches, there was also another family that left um, the church at the same time and ended up at Scott's church and so um, we had a combined youth night and um, I met I re-met this friend um, there and she's like oh so you see anyone at the minute I'm like nope and perfectly happy with it thank you very much and um, and she's like you've got to give me your email address back then um, email address I've got to you know pass, pass it on and I was like okay whatever as we were rushing out the door and so it took a few weeks and I got an email from Scott introducing himself and um, we managed to organise um, a date, quick coffee catch up before he was heading off to Melbourne for Christmas and I was heading off to Beach Mission. Once we both got back from all the Christmas stuff, we started dating and for me within two weeks I was like, I'm marrying this guy, like absolutely. 
He wasn't quite as fast as me. <laughs> Met just before I was 21. He was very honest right from the very beginning, like within those first couple of weeks of dating. Um, he's like, okay, so this is basically what having a relationship with me and a future with me will look like. I am here for a limited amount of time. Um, I'm planning to become an instructor, which will take me here and here and here. And, you know, we could end up living overseas. We could end up living anywhere in Australia. Um, at that point, I had planned to never leave, you know, my country town, sort of that we'd, um, yeah, that I'd grown up in. Thought, you know, that we had, I was one of four kids. We'll all just hang out with each other. We'll all have kids together. And they'll have all the cousins. But that's kind of how I'd grown up around all my cousins and aunts and uncles and things. Um, but for some reason, it didn't scare me. It, I was okay with it. Um, God obviously was giving me the message that it was okay. Um, and so, yeah, 18 months later, Scott was getting ready to head down to sail to do instructor's course for four months and then was getting transferred to um, Tamworth. And at this point, I had still not proposed. People were like, so Scott's moving away. Uh, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? And so I think it was about a few days before he left, he um, finally proposed. And so then we were able to start um, making plans. So yeah, we moved away as pretty much freshly married couple, which was hard. That was my first time living out of home. God did provide a lovely Christian family who had four kids and they just welcomed us in. We became, um, yeah, we became part of their family. We were there around there most weekends and things hanging out. Um, so yeah, God, God provides. Um, so we were there about 18 months, moved over to Perth for six months, but then we moved back um, near my family again. And again, found another church, which is where community comes from. Yeah, such an, such an important thing as um, an Air Force family, your church community. Um, and so that was great. Um, we started having, that's where we had our two girls. Um, and yeah, so we were part of the playgroup and Sunday school and, and all those sorts of things. Yeah, we had been in uh, Richmond uh, most of our married life up to that point. And then I'd got asked to take a posting to uh, Laverton, uh down here in Melbourne and I kind of jumped at that because they promised me it was going to be three years and you know my family lived in Melbourne and it was going to be great and whatever else on day one I turned up at 10 o'clock uh, to a meeting with my boss and I had we had just sold our house in Sydney bought a new house in Melbourne and the boss at 10 o'clock on the first day of work said oh your position was not going to be here next year uh, and it might not be you anyway that's going to be in that position. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We've just sold our house and, you know, relocated ourselves here on, on the description. So, yeah, so that was a bit of a shock uh, for us. But it was then that we found out that the, the position that I had was going overseas following it. And so the next few months was kind of very disturbed in the sense that it was, you know, is it happening, is it not happening? Um, and, you know, we were sort of as a couple going, well, how do you feel about going overseas <laughs> sort of thing? It wasn't sort of in, in our view uh, that we would go overseas. Um, ultimately, God, I think, provided us opportunity. 
we look at our time in Orlando and we look back and we think God was so evident in placing us there. Um, you know, the things that happened in, in the three years that we were there, um, you know, could not have been anything but God really. Um, we were there for about five weeks and then Scott had to travel to um, Switzerland for six, eight weeks or something like that. So I was in a new country on my own with two girls. It's very isolated. It hasn't always been smooth, but God mm. God has been obvious in his choice of churches that we've been at. The way we sort of came to even go to the church in the first place, we were in our temporary accommodation when we first arrived. Um, and the girls had really missed our dog, uh, who we'd left behind in Australia. And so we were going quite regularly to a dog run uh, as part of that accommodation area. And anyway, one of the uh, owners of the dogs that they they liked um, had a bumper sticker with Cross Life written on it. And we're like, ah, oh, we're after a church. Um, is, is that a church or a good one? And, and I don't think she was actually attending um, the church, but her parents were welcome us there. What was amazing about the people, um, Jan and Randy, who we met uh, there, was um, one day they came out and said, oh, would you like to come up and celebrate 4th of July with us at my parents' place? My first thought was, who on earth invites a family they don't really know with two young girls up to, to their parents' place um, for, what, three or four or five days, something like that? And it was amazing. Like we, we turned up there and it was like they were you know, again, grandparents for the kids. And, um, you know, they fished with the kids. They had, you know, little fishing rods ready to go. And um, we ended up going up there, I think it was four times uh, in our three years. It was just amazing. Like, the, the community God provided for us, you know, over there was, was amazing. In the three years that we were there, they had at least five pastors. And so it was... It was a um, satellite church, like a um, church plant, um, and due to various situations that we weren't going to, but the church was close to sort of going, should we keep going? Um, but there were a few key families of which we were able to be a part of that were like, no, we are not closing this church. God has plans. Um, and since we've left there, the church now is up to a few hundred people and has grown. So it was a you know, those three years were a struggle um, for the church, but we were able to be, yeah, part of the family there that, that kept going. Wherever you go, you're doing God's work. So whether it's in Australia, whether it's in the US, you know, whether you're in a country town or a city, you're just doing God's work. So it doesn't really matter where you are, so long as you are, you know, you're, you're following him, he'll, he'll give you um, the things that you need and, um, and the people around yeah. No matter where you go, God has a family waiting for you. You don't have to worry about that. It's just, it happens. If you look back on the time in the US, it's very, it would be very easy to say, well, I was there because the Air Force sent me and I was there to introduce, you know, a new aircraft for the Australian Air Force. The reality was there was more done, uh, of more God's work done uh, while we're in Orlando than there was of Air Force work. Don't tell the Air Force that. The last six months were in the US. I, kn I knew they wanted to send me to sail, but I tried a posting in Canberra, tried a posting in Queensland, um, and ultimately they just kept coming back saying, no, 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 we need you to, because of the knowledge you've got, we need you to be at sail. And I'm like, oh, 
going to be kidding me because my experience of sale, excuse me, um, prior, I never liked it. I was on courses. I was working hard, you know, um, because it was temporary. I, I wasn't part of the community. Um, but the funny thing is how God works in, in the fact that we came here kicking and screaming and now we've kind of set up base. Like we've been here a bit over four years and now I've signed a contract to try and stay a bit longer. Uh, so our plan is to stay here. This is our forever home now. That's the whole God's plan and our plan is not always the same. But another um, part of our story is um, we we hope to have at least three kids, well, at least three kids. Um, when we had um, Belinda, I got to 36 weeks and my, ba- my, my body basically gave up. So my liver and my kidneys started shutting down. I was hospitalised and she was whisked out um, in emergency C-section and I was in intensive care recovering for a few days you know, the doctor hoping I'd make it through. And um, so um, I had severe preeclampsia and the HELP syndrome on top of that, which is another complication. And so it's not supposed to happen again, but Scott had said, if it happens again next time, that's it, we're done. So at 29 weeks, when I went for my checkup, the doctor's like, your face is looking a bit puffy. And I was like, don't even tell me that. And yeah did a test and the preeclampsia was back again but um at 29 weeks and so I managed to last a week before my body started shutting down again so Kira was born 10 weeks early and um she did really well but spent eight and a half weeks in hospital which was yeah hugely traumatic um but Scott had said if it happens again that's it we're done and the doctors that were all involved were like, never let this lady have a baby again. Or like miracle miracle upon miracle. Like I, my kidneys and everything recovered. Like I could have ended up on dialysis for the rest of my life. So um, so that was the end of having kids for us. Um, but my heart still wanted more. So that was really, really tough. Um, so... Um, my mum had done, my mum and dad had done some foster care in, um, in my later teen or early 20s. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. Um, but I'm like, maybe if we can't have any more kids, that, you know, we can open up our hearts to other kids. Um, I have more love. Um, and so we signed up to do foster caring. With COVID, they said, oh, look, would you take a baby for a few months? Um, we thought that's probably a good idea instead of having kids coming and going. Um, so enters little Darren for three months into our lives and um, and he never left. So he's three now and, yeah, that's been, been quite the journey for us. We didn't plan to add a third child to our family in that way. Darren has Down syndrome. He also has undiagnosed celiac disease Um and a bunch of other things that are yet to be diagnosed as well. So he's he is a challenge and a blessing. He is well and truly part of our family and part of our community and our church family are just amazing with him. But have local family. So um, and Darren can't be given to anyone who hasn't gone through all the checks. And so people in the church community have stepped up and done all the ridiculous paperwork required 
to be able to babysit him. So once again, church is our family. The God's providing. Yeah. I think for um for us, particularly small groups were invaluable, or you know, connect groups, whatever we they call them. Um, they they are the glue, I guess, that holds the church together in a way because. When you look at church as a whole, particularly when you're talking about over 100 people, very difficult to um, develop meaningful relationships with people. And I think, you know, for us, getting involved in a small group was part of our process. Everywhere we went, we, we wanted to be part of a small group. And those were the groups where we had meaningful relationships, friendships that we developed that last uh, forever. Um, and so it's, it's that relationship part of it, but it's also about growing together. Uh, in our faith and and coming to know Jesus better, um, those type of things. You know, going to church on a Sunday is great, and there's lots of benefits to that. But to get into the nitty gritty and, and the in depth relationships and, and the learning of the word, that's really done at a more intimate uh, level. And so, you know, I think that's where a lot of our passion for small groups has come from, uh, which is why we've kind of ended up being involved in the small group connect group ministry. Um, and so, you know, we, we would say to everyone, you know, get involved in a small group because the rewards and the blessings are there. You know, it's just nice to be part of what God's doing, um, you know, around the place. Christianity didn't capture me with a fancy argument. It wasn't someone who, who put something together and convinced me. Um, it was the love of God's people um, that drew me in. And um, that, that's the powerful thing for, for my testimony. When, when I look back, um, God's taken us places that we hadn't expected to go. Um, we hadn't expected to add a third person to our family. We hadn't expected to end up back in sale where we got tried not to be. Um, we hadn't expected to go overseas and we actually hadn't expected to be homeschooling our girls either. Um, and so even though we don't know what the future will hold for us, we know that God will be guiding our steps and he's already there. Um, when I first be, um, started going back to church, my mum bought me a Bible and she wrote in the front of it, um, don't be afraid of tomorrow, God's already there. And that has always stuck with me and I think that sort of permeates throughout our story, you know, not to worry about what's going to happen uh, in the future because God's already there, he's already making plans 